0: This is HeartStock Radio, and I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Clark Grant is in the studio. Today, our guest is Bonnie Greenger, and she is the founder and CEO of Share the Lovely. Hello, Bonnie. Hello, Carol. How
1: are you? It's great to be here.
0: Where where are you speaking with us from, Bonnie? Where are you located? Uh, On the East
1: Coast uh, in Georgia, near Savannah, Georgia, historic Savannah, Georgia.
0: Oh, my goodness. Lots of things going on down there in Georgia. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an exciting place to be these days, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. So, Bonnie, for our listeners, can you give them a little intro? What is Share the Lovely and, and what are you doing there?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I'm really excited to be here after 10 months of bootstrap development. Uh, we recently launched. We're an online marketplace uh, platform. We provide brides and bridal boutiques a range of sustainable products and services um, that meet you know, the ever-evolving needs of a new generation of bride without taxing her wallet or the environment. And this is without additional resources or investment to our retail partner network in, in our network. So supporting a bunch of different you know, values there.
0: And as fairly typical, you've had quite a varied background. And, and I'm always not so much surprised, but uh, very interested in the fact that so many of our entrepreneurs have done many, many things before they launch into their own enterprise. What did you do before? And how did that lead to where you are now with Share the Lovely?
1: Well, um, that's a great uh, question. I think probably I'll start out Basically, Share the Lovely came out of my personal experience and um, and my history, so it is an interesting story, I guess. Um, I got married a few years ago uh, to the man of my dreams, but it hasn't always been that dreamy uh, for a decade and a half. Uh, it was a really rough, rough time for me and my family. I started a local support group that grew to over 200 members, actually, Um, So when I finally found true love, I wanted to create, you know, the wedding that represented this miracle that I found that I never expected could ever happen after such a time that I had. Um, But I was on a really, you know, very, very low budget, uh, still in really bad shape from the past years of struggle and the issues that we were having. Um, So I had to get really resourceful for my wedding. But I wanted the fairy tale wedding, just like any other bride. But growing up in the fashion industry, um, my family had a chain of off price shoe stores uh, throughout New York and New Jersey. You know, going to FIT and understanding the fashion industry, I figured there had to be a way to, to build my dream wedding and, and find the dress of my dreams. So, similar to off price, I knew that, you know, weddings were there are 2.5 million weddings in the U.S., and the dress and products are only used for a few hours. So I figured I, you know, I couldn't really spend the average of two to three thousand dollars for a dress. It was out of my budget. As is with most Americans that are 65% or that are two paychecks from bankruptcy. So I tried everything to find pre-owned, you know, pre-owned wedding dress. And I figured so many weddings I could find that successfully. Uh, So I went out and was shopping in marketplaces online, which are the option to purchase pre-owned for the most part. And was really a struggle. I tried for weeks to set up appointments with past brides and, you know, coordinating my schedule with their work schedule and, and where we we're going to meet. And I don't know if you've ever tried a, a ball gown with a five foot train on the side of the road. But, you know, we did everything from going to Walmarts to trying to meet different places to, to try and address. It just it just didn't work. Uh, and it was completely after a month of trying this, it was just all epic fails. And you know, that's when I saw the weakest link, an opportunity to you know make a difference. So uh, that's pretty much my story and how we uh, how I came to the idea of share the lovely, that just a lot of challenges and opportunity and, and building the dream, you know, wedding that's affordable.
0: You know, I'm sitting here envisioning you in the parking lot,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. trying on this wedding <laughs>
0: dress over your clothes. Or some yeah. semblance there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, 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 I wish I could have filmed it. It would have definitely been a comedy.
0: And, and it, would time, good, it was at the time. That was very yeah.
1: frustrating, though. Was it? I'll
0: bet. I'll bet. And you mentioned FIT. You know, this is your background. You know, this is your training. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, what inspired you in the first place to go to Fashion Institute to get a degree? And was it uh, fashion merchandising? Buying and
1: merchandising. Just, yes. You know, and I went from there into actually, um, my start in this world of startups, <laughs> um, with the, uh, fashion at the dawn of the internet, you know, with Ben Narison, I was one of the first employees there. Uh, it was one of the first PPC models in the industry and, uh, they went IPO and Wait, what yeah, is paid, uh, pay-per-click, um, gotcha. model for mm-hmm. advertising. And, um, you know, I was involved in a bunch of startups, some failed, some succeeded, um, like any startup, um, and also f- Fortune 500 companies. Um, and then from there, I really, for the last, you know, f- you know, 15, 20 years, I've been in digital marketing, product development, uh, content, you know, SEO. Um, but again, I had a, a really rough time for about a decade and a half. So my life and career sort of went on pause um, you know, finally getting out of that has been a real challenge. Um, my family has been really supportive of me starting this business. We kind of downsized and moved to the country um, to really, you know, go for it and you know, try and make impact. So it's, it's mm-hmm. been an interesting journey.
0: And were you located in in New Jersey or New York at the time when you were thinking of launching this before you moved to the country? Uh, we were actually
1: in closer to the city of savannah oh okay uh and we moved to the country about an hour from where we were previously uh in order to you know because i was working full-time um and in order to really move this forward i had i was working on this part-time at nights and weekends but really to move forward with this i needed to work full-time but needed to reduce you know our costs and and we found a wonderful house for a foreclosure and the whole family was you know all for it we found a really great school district but it just was a lot of maneuvering you know, with a family and, and just getting married making sure everyone had the you know what they needed in the best of you know so it you know it's just been an interesting you know journey in that way
0: and then you had a little experience within your family's own business it sounds like retail can you talk about that a little bit was there were there yeah. any lessons that you learned? Experiences oh, valuable? Yeah,
1: absolutely. That well, that was my first um, my first job was at my father's uh, shoe store, Jerry's Shoe Outlet, and then he had a bunch in New Jersey, New York, and um, uh, that experience just you know seeing him make deals with designers and manufacturers and getting closeouts and helping to provide these beautiful shoes, designer shoes, at you know half price or less. And that experience just, you know, was one of the reasons I got into fashion. It was just something that I grew up in. And also New York, being in the garment industry was, uh, you know, sort of it's in your blood.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And what brought you, I imagine it It might have not have been a, a direct route to Georgia, but um, how did you go from New York, New Jersey to Georgia?
1: Yeah, that's uh, another interesting story. Um I actually ended up going from New York to uh, the West Coast. I was relocated by a, a company called Purchase Pro, another startup that went IPO but didn't last. But they moved me out there to work on their startup. And from there, I got married. I uh, actually had a, a horse farm for a while. Um, unfortunately, you know, I uh, got divorced Uh, and then moved back closer to my family on the East Coast here in Georgia. So that's, that's how I I got here. Um, Surprisingly, I never thought I would end up in Georgia, you know, coming from New York, you know, big city, although never loved New York. I was, I'm more of a love, love nature and gardening. And that really was, didn't fit my needs personally. (laughs) So I'm glad to be here on You know, I have land and my garden and and the kids run around and I have a great neighborhood. And so Hmm. that's how we got here.
0: Yeah. And that that sounds great. So when did you launch Share the Lovely?
1: A few months ago, uh, December.
0: And you bootstrapped up until that point?
1: Yeah. It's just been savings, you know, credit cards, uh, you know, raising a little money here and there. We uh, you know took ten months customize Magento platform uh, with a marketplace. So it's it's been and it was just me you know really building this out you know the branding the marketing the development of the the marketplace. Uh, I have a team in India that I work with that have been incredible Atlas Soft and they've been wonderful patient and have gotten us here. Expected to just have a minimal viable product. But it's a lot more than that. It's really, you know, fully functioning. It definitely needs work. Um, you know, it's like beta, basically. Um, but I'm really happy with what, you know, with the outcome.
0: And you said that you were able to raise a few funds. Do you mind sharing? Just with family.
1: You? Mm-hmm. Yeah, family, um, you know, friends. I had pretty good credit at the time. It's it's challenge now because, you know, at this point, I haven't been... Generating income, so it's know it, it is a challenge right now because it's a very competitive market, and our business model is a, a very unique, innovative model that's reimagining bridal shopping, not just for the bride but for retailers that we're building into this network. Um, so it's it requires educating a market, reeducating. So, but we're competing with the majors out there that are already established in the market on a different business model. So um, really marketing right now is a challenge, outreach, advocacy. Uh, So that's really what we're looking for right now to support the model uh, that's going to help brides, but also equally help small businesses, you know, retailers, Um, you know, brides boutiques have been struggling uh, that have gone out of business at a rate of 10% in the last five years, and now probably two or three times that rate, you know, with COVID. Um, so you know building this network uh, will really help so many in the value chain, part of the value chain. So we're really looking for, you know we need you know raise
0: raise a good amount
1: for marketing and outreach right now.
0: Let's talk about your model and your competitors. you You mentioned that yours is different. Um, who are your competitors and how how are you different from them?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, right now, what's out there are peer-to-peer marketplaces that are selling. Now we sell, you know, we're resale, so pre-owned wedding dresses, but also overstock and you know dead stock and and um, samples from retailers and designers who um, are overstocked, which is usually it is often a problem. Um, so we're helping them to to get rid of that to sell those that overstock product. But what's out there right now for resale is peer-to-peer marketplaces. And
0: they're great. You, can you explain that just a little when you say peer-to-peer? Maybe some of our listeners might not fully understand what that implicates.
1: Well, I guess starting it started with Craigslist and eBay, now there's more niche. So there's like um, OneSwed uh, and there's some kind of competitors in the bridal niche, um, but really what peer to peer is, is a bride selling to another bride through a classified ad. That's really what it is. So th- there is a lot of that out there um, right now, but the challenge for wedding dresses they're a very unique fit. One size eight could be a 12 in one brand or you know, like a 10 in another or, or six. It's really hard to, first of all, to purchase such a unique and high-end product, costly product from another bride that meeting them again is an issue. The validity of the product, so we're actually validating, qualifying, and verifying the product, that doesn't happen in a peer-to-peer marketplace. Um, we're also providing that network try-on, that local try-on, so, you know, brides are getting that, we're bridging the gap, basically, so brides are getting that that online assortment, which they love, you know, because they're spending 700 hours researching online, but then they go offline to make 85% of their purchases. That's a huge disconnect, so we're bridging that gap. Um, We're providing that online assortment and efficiency uh, with a local fitting. You know, that's really key. Plus, try before you buy. So they're not committing or purchasing and having to return anything. They're literally just making an appointment with our local network retailer, trying the dress on. If they like it, great. If they don't, they could try on other items at the store. Or they can go their merry way and keep looking for that perfect, you know, dress, the one that they end up purchasing. So it really is kind of re reimagining the whole bridal shopping experience, you know, without taxing your wallet or the environment and supporting local community and small retailers at the same time.
0: Yes, I would like to delve into this some more. We're going to take our quick midway break here. Uh, we'll be right back with Bonnie Granger of Share the Lovely. This is Heartstock. Hardstock. We are back now with Bonnie Granger of Share the Lovely. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. This is Heartstock Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Hi again, Bonnie.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: So I get the impression. Okay, there there seems to be an extra element here. If I'm trying to sell my dress, dress, and I'm not a boutique, can I still do that on your platform?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, that's how,
0: that's how one does that of our
1: actually great. Great values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, brides are able to sell their dress through Share the Lovely uh, a little bit differently. So some brides would like to sell through peer-to-peer marketplace and place classified ad and take photos, publish photos, description, take questions from brides, emails, You know, figure out how they're going to ship it and or, or try to meet someone on the side of the road. But what we do for brides is we actually take the product hands-off approach. So it's concierge resale where we send them a package and they, they put their, their dress in. We arrange for a shipment, pick up the dress. We get the dress, clean it if needed, verify it, publish it, promote it, take calls from brides, really do the whole process. So a bride like myself, I don't like to sell individually. I love to have a marketplace, but picking calls at all different times at night, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everybody wants to be or is, feels comfortable being a salesperson, you know, So, or meeting a stranger on the side of the road. Not everybody feels comfortable or wants to do that. So we provide that service, that concierge experience. And there's no upfront listing fee either, which is nice. So where the peer-to-peer marketplaces typically take a fee upfront to list, we're really based on performance. So when the product sells, we take a small commission.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. In- Can you share a little bit, do you have any partners or anybody that's helping you with this that you'd like to give a shout out to or share their information?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, I have some co-founders and and, and leads that started with us um, about six months ago. Um, I'm Glad and Sheila Halali and Alice Tiffany. Again, uh, Atlas Soft, uh, my team in India, uh, my heroes that helped me to develop this. My family, of course, who have been incredibly supportive and patient, you know, with, with, through the challenges and the journey, um, uh, have been great. And then I have our, our pilot retailers in Michigan and Ohio, uh, Perfect Fit and Memories Bridal and Camelia Bridal here in Savannah and um, Noah Bridal in Omaha, Nebraska, and working on other Retail Network participants as we grow. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who's working on building out this, you know, partnership based business model, the sustainable business model with us, and, uh, providing the advocacy that we need.
0: And going forward, what lays ahead for your company? What do you, what are you envisioning? Uh, envisioning, um,
1: well, improving, you know, the value chain, the bridal value chain, uh, from the bride's perspective to local community and small retailers, um, helping an industry to through a partnership-based you know, business model and, and branching out throughout the U.S., really uh, building out each area because what we do is we are exclusive to a, to a county, usually, depending on population. So we do excu- exclusive relationships with the retailers. We also work with designers and manufacturers who are overstocked, but focus on the retailers. And we provide an exclusive relationship. So in Savannah, I have one retailer, Camellia Bridal. And, you know, we usually create that exclusivity and promote their brand and their, their their product. And we help them with online marketing and advertising. Something that, you know, retailers have a hard time keeping up with and competing in the market right now. It's very difficult for small mom and pop shops. So we'll be, you know, growing that network out across America.
0: And I wanted to talk about the environment a little bit. How is this impacting from a sustainability standpoint? How, oh, how is this translating into a better system for the environment?
1: Well, that's a that's a that's a big influence of ours. The fashion, you know, fashion is the second largest producer of pollution. You now, wedding dresses are probably one of the most wasteful in 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 that sector. Uh, just in pure volume of for each product, the, the amount of fabric, and it's only used for a few hours, and then it's it's waste, ending up in you know landfills. You know, the fabric of Dresses tradition, traditionally are, you know, man-made fabric. So, like petroleum, they take up to a thousand years to biodegrade. So, we're really trying to reduce that footprint and really keep the product in in the market and out of and out of landfills.
0: So, this really relates to circularity. It yes. sounds like. Um, yes, absolutely. How about other aspects of the the whole wedding experience and shopping? you know dresses of course a huge expense but are there other items also that are part of your platform well we actually have it built out
1: for a um uh, these uh, accessories and decor right now we're fo- so we're focusing right now on dresses the the marketplace is built out for accessories and decor as well but we're really going to you know just target uh dresses at this time
0: and What's your timeline? You think? Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you make decisions about when that will all happen? I mean, this is always a challenge because there's uh, the big picture view, <laughs> and then there's reality yeah. and and how long it takes. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Well, right now,
1: yeah, it's a good that's a good point. Um, right now, we're working really with our pilot retailers, which are dresses, and really testing out the model. You know. metrics um you know our conversion rates our uh costs per conversion cost per sale and working in collaboration with them to promote and market this solution we're hoping to reach certain metrics um, by mid late summer to raise our first reason you know our first round and at that point we could really really grow Uh, the challenge right now is Marketing on a shoestring is is definitely is definitely tough. So we're doing like we're trying to raise another friends and family round to really test the metrics and find out what our conversion rate is and what we need to, do to get to that next milestone this summer uh, to work with a couple of uh, angel investors that we've already spoken with that have given us what we need to reach in order to really work with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And all of this during COVID. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And we launched not a great time. So many shutdowns, but that's really what got us really excited about trying to help you know retailers who are struggling before COVID. You know, one out of ten were going out of business, now completely overstocked due to the shutdowns, you know. So, you know, some things happen for a reason.
0: Indeedy. So as more and more of us are making our purchases online, how will that impact your overall business moving forward? I would think that this is, yet a, again, another silver lining to the COVID cloud.
1: True. Absolutely true. Um, you, know, uh, you know, staying at home or virtual weddings just created a boom in the uh, e-commerce industry that was five years ahead of schedule in terms of sales, just in one quarter due to COVID. I believe that's metric. Um, you know, we offer that still. Obviously, you know, purchase and ship to your home, and that's obviously something we offer. but. You know, we give the option, you know, if you would like to uh, that pinnacle of the bridal experience, which is, you know, with your bridesmaids and your mom and, you know, your friends that go with you to the, to the uh, bridal boutique uh, with the seamstress there because, you know, almost every dress needs altering. So it's kind of a one-stop shop and, and, and like a delightful experience that you've expected your whole life, you know, with your family. Um, so we're making that possible as well as the e-commerce uh, shopping to, you know, sh- sent to your home.
0: So we've got, oh, about six minutes left, and um, I was hoping you could talk a little bit more with us about what you've learned in this process. I mean, you've had so, such vast and interesting experiences previous to launching your business. Any advice, and, and what have you learned? Well, I'm still in,
1: uh, always learning every day. <laughs> every day is like a new story. You reevaluate, you wake up at five in the morning, you re strategize. A lot of pivots. You just got to be very, very flexible to, you know, like with COVID, pivot with, you know, unexpected changes or challenges. You just got to be insistent. You know, me and my team and family believe in this model as you are a new pilot. We chose in the network. You know, I really feel this could make impact to so many. Um, You just have to be completely committed. For years, I've been doing this, you know, part time mostly and then committed myself full time. But that's, you know, I feel like that's what it's going to take, uh, God willing. And with enough support and advocacy from for both fundraising and through the industry, you know, retail industry, bridal industry, you know, it needs it needs more support, you know, um, more outreach. And I hope that we'll get that that support.
0: And you mentioned your software partner, got about two minutes left. How hard was it to find that? That's I've, A lot of the non-technical female founders that I've spoken with, mm-hmm. this is a huge, mm-hmm. huge challenge is finding that mm-hmm. key technical partner that can do the software part of it and build the site and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, I took months to decide. I went through the uh, requirements definition process and went out for bids and went through a lot of discovery to to find Atlas to be able to you know and you know on my budget and they were you know there were ones that were less expensive but finding the right partner that you truly trust and you know I looked here in the U.S. I looked overseas and I and I found them and it was it was a challenge um, because as I mean I built you know I've been in product development and product management. Uh, so I've done this before, but to build out the whole thing myself with them, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have a CTO, with them right now I have a technical lead that will probably become our CTO, but, um, it was, it was scary because I was putting everything into
0: that. Yes. And, um, how might our listeners find you, Bonnie, if they have more questions or just interested in learning more about what you're up to?
1: Absolutely. That'd be great. Um, Bonnie at sharethelovely.com. That would probably be the best place. Uh, at sharethelovely.com, there's also a contact us form. Yeah, so either way, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for your gumption.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm glad to be able to talk about the mission. It's exciting, and I appreciate your your help in spreading the word with us.
0: Indeed. This is Heartstock, and I'm your host, Carol Murphy. As usual, we will see you next week. Peace. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org. As I went walking, I saw a sign there. and on the sign it said, "No trespassing." But on the other side, it didn't. Say,